0: Well, Kurt, we want to welcome Brian with us here uh, this morning. Brian, uh, you've been working on Third Shift for how many years?
1: Going on 10 years now.
0: Well, we're glad to have you on.
2: Well, Brian, uh, you came to the Haven of Rest um, kind of with a unique skill set, not in nothing that really had to do with rescue ministry, but you were in aviation. Um, mm-hmm. int- that was really high interest level for you. Um, tell us a little bit about your aviation background.
1: Uh, I got into um, flying aircraft uh, right after high school. Got my pilot's license. I uh, then got into skydiving, and um, got addicted to skydiving. Actually, uh, mm-hmm. it became my idol at one point. I had done that for well over 15 years, over 2,000 skydives, and um, yeah, I had uh, been pretty used to solving problems and uh, doing stuff like that, and enjoyed it. But then I went on a mission trip, and uh, Christ got a hold of me and that was the end of that and uh, now this is what I do. I do what I was made to do now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny you ask me that. I I had just listened to a, a gentleman here not too recently was a Navy SEAL and he said he had made Navy SEAL finally and he said as he sat there and had a trident pinned on his chest, the best of the best, he said he got depressed. And he found out, he said, Well, I figured out no matter what I did, I couldn't fill the hole in me Mm. while I was there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew who God was and and Jesus was and the Holy Spirit was and and all that good stuff. But it was ultimately when this Navy SEAL said, I found Christ and I was fulfilled. And I understood that. Um, We look to fill these voids with these great feats. It's not that that completes us. It's Christ that completes us. Then we can do things to show people what Christ has done in our life. So it totally flip flops then, mm-hmm. because now we're performing for Christ and we're doing everything in Christ's eyes. So yeah, and in Christ's power, yeah you know. all in His power, yeah, you know. all in His power.
0: Well, you know, Brian, interesting. Ten years ago, you've been working here at the Haven Arrest Third Shift, uh, Kurt. We just had Adam Bloom. We did two A series. Weeks ago two series on Adam working he's your what I call partner ministry. You guys are in in the working together. But let's go even back before ten years. How did you find out about Haven Arrest and you were doing things for the Haven Arrest even before you you were employed. Right.
1: Um, I was in the. I had. I had before I was here. I worked for the Beacon Journal and also AT&T, and um, ultimately I had uh, the phone industry had kind of started to go downhill and yada yada yada, and uh, it was during the big time when everybody was out of jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it ended up I had started doing mission work, and um, I was doing some mission work down in Canton. Uh, I started volunteering here at the Haven and um, the next thing God had told me that he wanted me to be in full-time ministry. Well, I actually was gonna go to Oaxaca, Mexico. Uh, I had everything all planned, done. I was going on a full-time mission deal down there, a mission training school, and we had our family meeting. Our family's extremely close. And the family decided that, that wasn't a wise idea. So I declined that. Well, my mission was I was going to be a big shot mission worker in Oaxaca, Mexico, and then Thailand and all over the place. God's idea was I was going to be a mission worker in Akron, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my job here. The, my Cobra had ran out a week before. And the last day of my unemployment was the day I got hired here. God answered my prayer here at the Haven of Rest, and, well, the rest is a lot of history now. Um,
2: just going back to the story, you, you talked about, well, one, is that you, what you just shared is all about God's timing, obviously. But you shared about your piloting training experience, and that was probably training for here, uh, because you have to you have to be ready for about anything yes. uh, once you go airborne, right? So... Uh, <laughs> so that was your that may be your training for the for the mission work. I think quickly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, you think quickly? Yes. yes. At any rate I, I had told Kurt, I said, Yeah, I had this and Kurt looked at me and I s he said uh yeah. You really don't have a clue, do you? And every... Well, you were,
2: you were, it, was, it was early. I, I, it was it, way it was early. Mission, uh, mission to, and I'd yes. never
1: been in an inner city mission. I'd never been in this type of mission field, and I thought I had it figured out. I had no clue. I knew nothing. Uh, it is now every year I come to Kurt, and I say, <laughs> Kurt, you know how much I know about the mission work that I do? He's like, no. I said, not much more than the day I started. Um, it, we're always learning. Um, right. And coming into my 10th year now, I know about as much as I knew the first day I walked in here. Well, I'm always learning.
2: That. Yeah. That, and I, I think that's an important point that you are, we're always learning. And there are always situations that they never come. It seems like repeats, repeats, cookie cutters. Yeah. I mean, it's always yeah. new. And so that was just a reminder. I wouldn't have said, I won't say that now to you, but uh, it's a reminder to not get too. Uh, I guess comfortable because you know it's you, you you don't know what tomorrow holds. So
1: we have to remain teachable in everything mm-hmm. that we do, yeah, and as Christians, we have to remember to be teachable under Christ, and that just overflows into everything we do. Mm-hmm. If we're teachable before Christ, we're teachable before everything mm-hmm. And especially being men. our egos, we we were born with them, we were given them for a reason, but we as men have to learn to be teachable. And not let our egos get yeah. in the way. Must be tamed. Yep. They have to be tamed. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you know, Kurt and Brian, all of us worked in the men's division, uh, and we—I I think we can all agree with this—that there have been many, many things that our guests that stay at the mission have taught us. And what I what I mean by that is what I call lessons of life of perspectives and ways of thinking that probably we wouldn't think of. And when you hear the you know, the backgrounds and how they, they are thinking things, it gives you a clearer picture of how we can minister to them in a more effective way mm. through Christ. Yeah. And I'm sure working third shift, Brian, because third shift, uh, you have uh, guys coming in late, and then you're waking them up in the morning. So I'm sure that that's a whole level of ministry as the guys come in at 11:30 at night
1: it, it is a whole different kind of ministry and, and adam and i uh you mentioned adam i mean he's my best friend in the whole mm-hmm. world other than christ and we get to see men sometimes when they're at their absolute lowest time in life we are that moment of grace for them um they're looking for help We give them the help they need, but we also share Christ with them uh, every single time. There is some way, somehow, we slip them a track, we tell them about Christ, we tell them about grace. Uh, One of our big ones, we tell them, look, we're giving you grace tonight. Christ gave you grace. This is but a small portion. Um, We're not even capable of giving the type of grace that Christ gave. But tonight, this is what you're receiving. And um, I think that um, C.C. Thomas would be very happy with what we try to do every night, and that is to minister the Word of God to men. That's what we're here to do. Everything else is secondary.
2: Well, if you heard Adam Bloom a couple of weeks ago, Mm and not everybody that's listening right now did, Uh, some people, it might be a revelation to know that we're staffed uh, during a third shift. You know, Mm -hmm. they might think Mm -hmm. it's just a daytime or perhaps an evening um, type of uh, uh, responsibility. But tell a little bit, as if somebody was standing in front of you or you were taking a tour on the third shift I mean just why why we are you know we why we have uh, responsibilities during that time period
1: so of the night w- what starts is well number one especially for our shift uh, first thing we start out with I start praying at home I get here at about 11 o'clock uh, we pray again before uh, we get into it. Um, we come in, we check to make sure all the men are in bed, they're safe. You know, uh, in the summertime, we could uh, be housing anywhere between usually 80 and 100 guys. Um, we go around, we check those dorms all the time. We have three 30-man dorms and a 10-man dorm. We check to make sure we have a lot of gentlemen that have medical issues, uh you know, um, maybe seizure problems that we don't know about. We check those beds on an hourly basis to make sure all those men are safe. There are many times where we've had medical emergencies a night that uh, we've helped men. I had a man that was down to 20 on his sugar and uh, they said had we walked past and not gotten him, he may not have made it till morning. Uh, I believe God gives us a special sense on those things. So yeah. we make sure everything's calm and everybody, they're safe. They feel safe. And all their stuff is protected. Uh, These men bring in uh, what can fit in a 30-gallon tub, essentially, and that is all their possessions in the world. And we protect those like those are our own. And those men know that. Um, so, we do that, uh, then we get guys, of course, coming in off the streets. We get them in off the streets, especially this time of year, it's going to be cold, it's going to be rainy, it's going to be nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, The first thing we look at, okay, is this man safe out here? Um, what can we do to preserve physical life at this point in time? That is our first priority. Get him in, get him safe. We're right next to Market Street, we're next to some dangerous places. We are their caretakers at night. We take that very serious. Uh, when the sun goes down, things change drastically in this area. And we may be the only thing that stands between them and danger. So we try to... Well, we do. We just we snuff that whole thing out. If we can't help them, we get a hold of the police or the ADM or the uh, psychiatric uh, uh, Mm -hmm. place called uh, Mm Pez. But we get them handled in some uh, shape, way, or form. So we take care of that. Then, of course, we get the guys up in the morning. And um, that's a whole new thing. It's everything in reverse. Um, So... They're getting ready for their day. Does Um, everybody wake up on the the right side of bed? Not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, here's the difference. Like anybody else, right? Like anybody else, except for they have 100 guys around them. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different, um, a whole different uh, deal going on there. Uh, so we try to keep everything flowing and happy there. Yep. Yep. They get in, and go down, they go out to the day room, and uh, we uh, let them get prepared for their day. And then, of course, we give devotion. So we give them fifteen minutes of the Word of God. Uh, we get them fed, give them any advice they need, uh, start giving them advice on where they can sign up for clothing, where they can sign up to see our counselors, where they can uh, everything they need to do to start getting their life back on track. We're a step up, not a handout. Mm-hmm. We are there to help you get back into your life. We're there to give you Christ number one. We're there to get you your housing back. We're there to get you a job. We're there to help you with whatever it may need, Uh, medical help to get into, you know, we got guys in here that need to get into nursing homes, but we try to get guys on that line. We're here to help you. We're here to get you moving in life, not stopping your life. We're here to, to, to make life blossom, not to stop it.